بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the explanation on the salah described and uh, we're still talking about uh, the situations of the imam and the ma'mum and the imam is the one who leads the prayer and the ma'mum is the one who is led in the prayer and it does not mean that he, he is the one uh, who is necessarily behind uh, that's uh, true but uh, the meaning of being led is more comprehensive because there will be situations where uh, some people may stay uh, praying next to the imam <coughs> to his right so therefore to say though the ma'mum is the one who is led and the prayer is more comprehensive and more perfect uh, than just saying those who are praying behind the imam. Now the situation of uh, the, some of the situations today will begin with uh, the imama, the leading of the prayer by an ummi, by an ummi, ummi. Uh, this term ummi is. Uh, in relation to al-um al-um is the mother and when the person is delivered from the womb of his mother then he comes out knowing nothing knowing nothing uh, so as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in surah al-nahl uh, chapter 16 verse 78 قال الله تعالى والله أخرجكم من بطون أمهاتكم لا تعلمون شيئا والله أخرجكم من بطون أمهاتكم لا تعلمون شيئا and Allah has brought you out of out uh, from the wombs of your mothers while you know nothing while you know nothing and he gave you hearing sight and hearts that you may give thanks. Uh, linguistically, the term ummi is the one who does is uh, the one who doesn't uh, know how to read and uh, how to write. And uh, the Prophet وسلم, the Messenger وسلم, was described as being an ummi. As in Surah Al-Jumu'ah, uh, verse 2, He, Allah, is who sent among the unlettered ones, Al-Ummi, unlettered, doesn't know how to read and to write, yes, uh, a messenger from amongst themselves, reciting to them the verses, purifying them from disbelief and polytheism. And in Surah Al-A'raf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the Messenger وسلم, as uh, his messenger and the prophet and ummi unlettered. Uh, 7158, And believe in Allah and his 
messenger, the prophet who can neither read nor write. Now, this is the linguistic meaning and the origin of the term Ummi, the one who uh, can neither read nor write. Now, with respect to the uh, technicality or the Islamic term, minology, Al-Ummi is the one who does not know the recitation of the Fatiha. Does not know the recitation of the Fatiha, meaning he cannot recite it neither from memory nor uh, from direct recitation. Even though he may be able to recite the entire Quran except the Fatiha, then he is still considered an Ummi. This is the uh, technical definition. Is that clear? As to who is the Ummi. Even if he knows the entire Quran except the recitation of the Fatiha uh, and, its, uh, and, and knowing it, then he is considered an Ummi. Okay. And the Fatiha is uh, the Surah we know of. And it is the, it's called the Fatiha, which means the opening, because uh, the Quran is opened uh, by this chapter. And it has other meanings. And for those of you who need to know more about the Fatiha and its meanings, there is an article we have on the site where you can find an explanation of the verses of this Surah Al-Fatiha. So, If someone, therefore, uh, leads the prayers, and he is an Ummi who cannot read the Fatiha, neither from memory nor by way of recitation, or he contracts in it the letters, contracting that which should not be contracted, and contraction which is called Idram, in Arabic, contraction, which is called idram in Arabic, is of two types, major and minor. So if you contract a letter with the like, then this is minor. And if you contract a letter with that which is close to it, then this is major. And if you contract a letter if you contract a letter with another letter that's not close to it, nor it resembles it, then this is an error. Like, for example, Alhamdu Lirabbil Alameen. In this case, there is contraction of the letter Ha with the letter Ra. You understand? Let me repeat the, the wording. Alhamdu lirabbi, lirabbi al-alameen. Instead of alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Okay? Here, there is a contraction of the ha with the ra. This is incorrect idram. Why? Because the ha is far from resembling or being close to the ra. So this 
reciter, if he recites it in this way, he is an Ummi. Then he is an Ummi. Even if he cannot recite it except in this way, then he is still considered, therefore, an Ummi. Why? Because if he contracts that which cannot be contracted in this way, then he drops this letter which he contracted. Is that clear? He drops it. Because he is contracting a letter with another which, you know, they don't contract. However, if he contracts closely, close letters like uh, Idram, like the Idram, the contraction of the letter Dal with the letter Jeeb. Okay? Qadja'akum. 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 You see? Uh, there is even a, a recitation of the Quran. One of the recitations, uh, no recitations. So in this case, he is not considered to be an Ummi. He is not considered to be an Ummi. But we should know that there is no Dal and, and Jim in the Fatiha. There is no Qadja'akum in the Fatiha. But just to illustrate the point. Also, if he replaces or substitutes, literally, Ummi means unlettered. Literally. Literally, as we explained earlier, linguistically. You understand? But technically, Islamically, is the one who does not, who is not able to recite the, the Fatiha, either from memory or directly. So, if he also substitute, substitutes a letter for another letter, so therefore, if he replaces the Ra, the letter Ra, if he replaces it with the letter Lam, so he makes the Ra Lam. Like, for example, if he recites, Alhamdulillahi, Instead of Rabbi, he says, Labbil Alameen. Are you following? Then in this case, he is Ummi. Because he drops a letter from the Fatiha. Because he drops a letter from the Fatiha. There is an exception for this particular one, is that if he replaces the letter Ba, with the letter va, va and va. This is forgivable. This is pardoned. Because the difference between the two is very fine. Especially if he is a common person. Normally the common person or usually the common person does not differentiate between the va and the va. So if he reads غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين instead of غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين then he replaced the ضه with ضه this is pardonable because it's difficult to differentiate especially from amongst the awam so in this case he is not considered an ummi 
So therefore, the substitution is substituting a letter with another letter which does not resemble it, then if this occurs in the Fatiha, then this Imam is an Ummi. If he replaces a letter with that which is close to, like the Bad with the Va, this is pardoned. Third, if he replaces the Saad with the Seed, like for example, instead of saying As-Sirat, or saying As-Sirat, he says As-Sirat. This is permissible. Rather, this should be recited sometimes, because this is one of the seven recitations. And we should know that doing sometimes some of the seven recitations is okay. However, it's, there is a condition, not in front of the common Muslims. Because if you recite it in front of the common Muslim, and they don't know that, they will denounce it, and they will confuse them. Is that clear? Also, also the Ummi is the one who makes lahn, lahn in the recitation, meaning he modulates, he changes in a way that changes the meaning. In a way that changes the meaning. So, he modulates the movements the movements of the world if this modulation or this change uh, can cause a change of the meaning of the text or the word then this person is called an ummi regarding the fatih and if that does not change the meaning, then he is not an ummi. So if he recites, Alhamdulillahi Rabbal Alameen, making a fatha on the letter B in the title Rabb, Alhamdulillahi Rabbal Alameen, this lahm this changing of the movement does not change the meaning. You understand? So, can we consider him therefore an Ummi? Is he considered an Ummi? No. Then in this case he is not considered an Ummi. So therefore it is permissible for him to be an Imam. Leading someone who uh, knows how to recite. That's okay. That's okay. It's, it's permissible, since he is not an ummi. Now, if he recites, instead of إِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Listen carefully. If instead of reciting إِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ He recites it in the following manner. He changes the movement on the alif, and it becomes أَهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ You see the difference? In إِهْدِنَ and in Ahdina, putting the Fatha 
on or putting this Hamza ah, ah, the Hamza instead of saying Ihdina he recites Ahdina this changes the meaning because Ahdina is from Ihda giving gifts and the other one the original one Ihdina means lead us give us success also if he recites and says Iyaki Na'bud instead of Iyaka Na'bud so he puts a Kasra under the Kaf Iyaki instead of Iyaka this is a strong changing of the meaning and therefore he is an Ummi Similarly, if he recites Sirat al-Ladina an'amtu alayhim Sirat al-Ladina an'amtu alayhim You see the difference between an'amta alayhim and an'amtu In making the Dhamma an'amtu He changes the meaning It is like he is the one who is bestowing the favors, right? Instead of Allah. So this changes the meaning. So he is considered an ummi. On the other hand, if he recites instead of Iyaka Na'budu, he recites it with Iyaka Na'buda, having Fatha on the Bah. Iyaka Na'buda. This does not change the meaning. Similarly, إِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَةً Having Fatha on the noon, on the second noon, إِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَةً This does not change the meaning. However, this does not mean that it is permissible to recite the Fatiha in this changed and modulated form. It is not permissible to make such lahm, even though it does not change the meaning. However, what we are talking about now is the validity of the Salah. The validity of the Salah. You see the difference? So we want to differentiate now. It's not permissible to make these lahn, whether they change the meaning or they don't change the meaning, but the issue we are talking about is the validity of the Salah. So, if an Ummi who doesn't know the Fatih, leads another Ummi then his Salah is valid because they are on equal footing with respect to the defect now what about if an Ummi prays leads the Salah leading a reciter we have two sayings regarding this. The first opinion that it is not valid. The first opinion is that it is not valid. And those who invalidated his salah, they based it on the argument that 
the ma'mum is of a higher status than the imam. So, how could it then, it cannot be allowed for, uh, for this situation to have the ma'mum in a higher rank uh, over the imam. Imam being of a lower rank because of his defect. Okay, this is one opinion. The second opinion, and it is a narration from Imam Ahmed, that it is sahih. His salah is valid, meaning for the ummi to lead someone who recites. However, one should avoid it, because it contains some kind of opposition to the saying of the Messenger وسلم, the one who leads the people in the, in the Salah is the one who is most knowledgeable of the, in the Book of Allah and therefore taking this consideration one should avoid it what about the, the person who frequently makes lahm what about the person who frequently makes lahm? Changing the movements on the words. Whether they change the meaning or not. But we are talking about a person who frequently does this. So if he does it in the Fatiha, and it changes the meaning, then he is Ummi. And if his frequent changes occur in other than the Fatiha, then his, the validity of his Salah is okay, but it is disliked. Also, what about if the person is known to repeat a certain letter is known to repeat a certain letter there are people who repeat for example the letter fa al fa and this is called in arabic al fa al fa they repeat al fa meaning if he utters the letter fa he repeats it. Also, this is this light. Also, the other one who repeats the letter ta, ta, he's known in Arabic. He's known as tamtam. And also, there are people who repeat the letter wow and other letters. So those who repeat the letters then it is disliked to for them to lead the prayer because they add a letter it is this it is disliked however if he leads the prayer then in terms of the validity of the salah then his imama is valid okay what about the person who does not clearly pronounce what about the person who does not clearly pronounce some of the letters? 
it doesn't mean that he drops them. And we know that if he drops them in his salah, uh, he drops these letters from the Fatiha in his salah, then his salah is invalid. So if he does not clearly pronounce them, I'm not dropping them, then it is disliked for him to lead the prayers. What about the Imam who does not recite in accordance with the rulings of Tajweed? <coughs> we know that it is not disliked for someone to recite without Tajweed. As long as his recitation is free from the errors we have mentioned earlier. And Tajweed is intended to, is from the angle of the beautification of the voice and the recitation of the Quran. And it is not mandatory. Tajweed is not mandatory. So if the person recites it in order to beautify, uses the tajweed in order to beautify, to beautify his voice, then this is good. And if he doesn't, then there is no harm upon him. And there is no sin upon him. Rather, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, held those who concentrate and focus on the verbal utterance have them blameworthy in, 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 cases, in some cases they may repeat the word twice or thrice in order for them to bring it in, uh, in a way that fits or agrees with the rulings of Tajweed and they forget or are negligent about the meaning and contemplating the Quran he considered them, considered this to be blameworthy. And we have many of them, unfortunately amongst Muslims, who are just like that. They concentrate on the utterances of the beatification of the voice and the recitation of the Quran without giving the due attention to its uh, to contemplating it and to its meaning <laughs> is that clear now so far with respect to the letters and their pronunciations and the lahm the lahm yes ok then we move to another case What about a situation if an imam leads a woman, one single woman, in salah? We have two situations. If this is done in seclusion, he and her alone, then this is haram. This is forbidden. 
That is because the Prophet وسلم, in the hadith in Al-Bukhari and Muslim forbade the man to have seclusion with an unrelated woman. When he can non-mahram, yes, who can marry. And if there is no seclusion, then the other opinion is that it is disliked. And in case of seclusion, it is forbidden because that which leads to haram, then itself is haram. What about if he leads more than one woman? Is it disliked? Now, if, what about if, if he's leading more than one woman? If he's leading more than one woman, non-mahram, then the seclusion now is negated. And therefore, if the person is trustworthy, then there is no harm for him leading them. And this may occur sometimes in some masajid, in some mosques, where the congregation is composed of few people. Especially during the night prayers in Ramadan. The person comes to the masjid and does not find men there, but may find two women, three or four, in the back of the masjid. One opinion that it is disliked for him to lead them in salah. However, the correct opinion is that this is not disliked. That is because there is no seclusion. Unless he fears fitna. Unless he fears fitna. So if he fears the fitna, then it is haram. That is because that which is a means for haram is haram. Clear also on this one? Inshallah. Okay. Another situation of the Imam and the Ma'mum. If he leads people, most of them dislike him in a just way. They dislike him justly. They justly dislike him. Most of them. Most of them dislike for him to lead them. According to one opinion, this is this is disliked. And they based it upon the following hadith. In this hadith, Salatatun la tujawizu salatuhum adhanuhum. The three persons whose salah does not go or ascend above their ears. And 
they are the slave who runs away from his master and the woman who goes to sleep and her husband uh, is angry at her and a man who leads people in prayer while they dislike him some of the people of knowledge consider this hadith to be ضعيف weak and if it to be considered as sahih as some of the scholars authenticated it if, it, if we were to take it as sahih then this would be an evidence for the invalidity of his salah because it's not, it doesn't ascend beyond his ears, though it's not accepted. And that's why, since the situation of the hadith is as you heard, some of the scholars resorted to consider this to be makruh, disliked. And the great scholar Ibn Muflih, rahimahullah, said that, if the hadith is da'if and it is, in a, it is a forbidden, a prohibition meaning, then it should be carried upon being a matter that is disliked. But he, consider, he, he put this, or he concluded this with the condition that the degree of weakness of the hadith must not be strong. And that in the case, if it, it concludes or it denotes a command, then it should be carried upon to be a praiseworthy matter. So because of this situation of weakness of this hadith, then there is no uh, entailment for the uh, conclusion. This brings another point. What about if all the people let dislike him? Then by all means. If most of them do, then if all of them do, then by all means. What about if they dislike him because he is keen upon the sunnah in salah? So he recites, uh, chapters that are recommended to recite in the Sunnah and he leads them in a Salah with contemplation and no rushing then some of the scholars mentioned that his Imama is not disliked because they or them they led disliking him is unjust so therefore there is no consideration for their disliking, disliking of him the other opinion is that it says that the if the hadith is authentic which we mentioned earlier then the obviously understood meaning of the hadith that it is absolutely disliked under all circumstances this is in making between the two situations of if the hadith is authentic 
and between the position of the hadith being authentic and the position being weak, then the conclusion is that whether they uh, dislike him uh, justly or unjustly, then what is apparent from this narration is that uh, it is dislike for him to lead them. And they argued that the purpose of the congregational prayer is uh, harmony and congregation. And if this is the objective, then it is known that such harmony and gathering on one person, disliked with them, is not uh, is not sound. And that if they dislike him unjustly, then he should recommend, uh, he should admonish them, and make them remember and lead them in the way described in the sunnah and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows from his intention he knows sincerity from his intention that his intention is to gather them and having them in, on harmony in the jama'ah then Allah will make easy that for, will make it easy for him what about the validity of the imama of a boy born from adultery and the validity what about the validity of the imama of a uh, policeman court authority if their deen is sound. The boy of, of Zina, born of Zina, is not attributed neither to the adulterer nor to the husband of the woman if she had a husband. So he has no legal father. But does he have a quote Abun Qadari Abun Qadari Qadari meaning universal because we know things now of two types, right? Universal meaning pertaining to creation to the creating we know that matters are legal and what? Kauni, Qadari, universal. Legal will and universal will. And the legal will, what is legalized, what is commanded and what is prohibited, what Allah commands and what He forbids, is liked to him, but it does not necessarily mean that it will be obeyed and followed by his slaves. This is legal. The other which pertains to the Qadari or Kauni will, 
is that Allah, Allah, all things occur because Allah willed them to pass. They come to exist because Allah willed them to pass. And this does not necessarily mean that Allah loves them. You see the difference between the two. So here Allah willed for this boy to be born from adultery. But does Allah like adultery? You see the difference between the two? So therefore he has a qadari father, right? He has a qadari father, right? Qadari father. Not shari'i, not legal. Yes. Why? Because he is created from the semen of the man, right? Okay. So the boy from adultery may have a correct creed, upright on the religion. So he will be like others. Therefore his imama is valid. And it is not disliked. It is not disliked. Because of the general meaning of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the one who leads the people are those are the one who is most knowledgeable of the Quran, meaning keeping it to memory. What about the soldier, the policeman? Similarly, his imama is valid and it is disliked it's not disliked from a policeman. Although, even if he is in his uniform, even if he is in his military uniform, that is because he is a man from the Muslims. Rather, we say that he carries on an action which is a benefit, a general of a general benefit. So, from this angle, he would be better than someone who does something which is only for himself. This is mentioned here. Why we mention this? Because some of the scholars dislike their imama. However, there is no reason and no substantiation for disliking their imama. And if, if, if one would come to argue and say, well, from this policeman or soldier, there could be difficulty upon people and sometimes injustice, the answer is this, this occurs from uh, every person who has uh, some kind of authority. Even the teacher in his class may target some of his students and be unjust to them and may be soft and kind towards other students. So every person in authority is subject to carry on justice or injustice. So far, clear, inshallah. Okay, then, inshallah, we'll stop here. And the next topic will be, inshallah, the imama and the two situations. An imam leading others while he is making up a missed prayer and the opposite with respect to the ma'mumin. And what's the ruling on that? Similarly, we will talk about the imama of someone who is performing the fard and the ma'mum 
performing the nafil and the way around. Walhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This brings the end of this part of the Imama and Ma'mum. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a benefit for myself and for all of you.